Matthew chapter 13 verses 1 through 23 verses 1 through 3 The same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the seaside and great multitudes were gathered together unto him so that he went into a ship and sat and the whole multitude stood on the shore and he spake many things unto them in parables saying Burkett notes The foregoing chapter gave us an account of an awakening sermon preached by our Savior to the Pharisees. In this chapter, we're acquainted with the continuance of his preaching to the multitude, where three things are observable. One, our Lord's assiduity and unwearied diligence in preaching of the gospel. For this sermon was made the same day with that in the former chapter, verse 1. The same day went Jesus out and sat by the seaside, a good pattern for preachers of the gospel to follow. How ashamed may we be to preach once a week when our Lord preached twice a day. Observe, too, the place our Lord preached in, a ship. Not that he declined the temple or the synagogue when he had the opportunity, but in the want of them, Christ thought a house, a mountain, a ship, no unmet place to preach in. It's not the place that sanctifies the ordinance, but the ordinance that sanctifies the place. Observe three, the manner of our Lord's preaching. It was by parable and similitudes, which was an ancient way of instruction among the Jews, and a very convincing way, at once working upon men's minds, memories, and affections, making the mind attentive, the memory retentive, and the auditors inquisitive after the interpretation of the parable. Some are of the opinion that our Savior's parable were suited to his hearers' employments, some of whom, being husbandmen, he resembles his doctrine to seed sown in the field. For thus he speaks. Verses 4 through 8. Behold, a sower went forth to sow, and when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came up and devoured them up. Some fell upon the stony places, where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprang up, because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among the thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them, but others fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Burkett notes, The scope of this parable is to show that there are four several sorts of hearers of the word, and but one sort only that hear to a saving advantage. Also to show us the cause of the different success of the words preached. Here observe one the sowers, Christ and his apostles, he the prime and principal sower, they the secondary and subordinate seedsmen. Christ sows his own field, his ministers sow his field. He sows his own seed, they sow his seed. Woe unto us if we sow our own seed and not Christ's. Observe too, the seed sown, the word of God, Fabulous legends and unwritten traditions which the seedsmen of the Church of Rome sow, these are not seed but chaff, or their own seed, not Christ's. Our Lord's field must be sown with his own seed, not with mixed grain. Learn one, that the word of God preached is like seed sown into the furrows of the field, as seed has a fructifying virtue in it by which it increases and brings forth more of its own kind. So has the word of God a quickening power to regenerate and make alive dead souls. Learn, too, that the seed of the word, where it is most plentifully sown, is not alike fruitful. As seed does not thrive in all ground alike, so neither doth the word, 
fructify alike in the hearts of men. There is a difference both from the nature of the soil and from the influence of the Spirit. Learn three, that the cause of the word's unfruitfulness is very different, and not the same in all. In some, it's the policy of Satan, that bird of prey which follows God's plow and steals away the precious seed. In others, it's a hard heart of unbelief. In others, the cares of the world, like thorns, choke the word, overgrow the good seed, draw away the moisture of the earth and the heart of the soil, and hinder the influences of the sun. The far greater part of hearers are fruitless and unprofitable hearers. Learn four, that the best ground doth not bring forth fruit alike. Some good ground brings forth more, and some less some thirty, some sixty, and some a hundredfold. In like manner, a person may be a profitable hearer of the word, although he doth not bring forth so great a proportion as others, provided he brings forth as much as he can. Verses 10 and 11. And the disciples came to him and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, Because it's given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. Burkett notes, Here we have the disciples' question and our Savior's answer. Their question is, Why speakest thou to people in parables, which they do not understand? They cannot see the soul of thy meaning through the body of thy parables. Christ answers, To you, my disciples, and such as you are, who love the truth and desire to obey it, the Spirit gives you an effective, operative, and experimental knowledge, not barely to know these things, but to believe them and feel the power of them in and upon your own hearts. But the generality of hearers do satisfy and content themselves with a bare notional knowledge of what they hear. A parable, therefore, is well enough for them. Learn 1. That the doctrines of the gospel are mysterious. 2. That it is a matchless and invaluable privilege, practically and savingly, to understand and know gospel mysteries. 3. That this privilege all are not sharers in, nor partakers of but only those to whom it is given. Unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom, but to them it is not given. Verse 12. For whoever hath, to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken away even that he hath. Burkett notes. That is, whosoever improves the measures of grace received shall obtain further measures and degrees of it. But from him that doth not improve what he already has received shall be taken away that which to himself or others he seemed to have, his common gifts and moral endowments. Learn that where there are beginnings of true grace and a right and wise improvement of it, God will make rich additions of more grace to the present stock which we have received. Verses 13 through 15. Therefore speak I to them in parable. Because they seeing, see not, and hearing, they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand. By seeing ye shall see, and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. Burkett notes, These words of our blessed Savior, as I conceive, have a particular reference in relation to the Pharisees, who attended upon Christ's ministry, not with an honest simplicity of mind, to be instructed by it, but to carp and cavil at it. 
Our Savior tells them he had formerly spoken things very plainly and clearly to them, and also wrought miracles before them to convince them of the divinity of his person and the verity of his doctrine. But they would not believe either his person or his doctrine to be from God, and therefore he would now speak to them in dark parables that they may be judicially blinded. They sinfully shut their eyes against the clearest light and said they would not see. And now Christ closes their eyes judicially and says they shall not see. Learn hence to acknowledge the divine justice which speaks darkly to them that despise the light, such as see and yet see not. They shall see the shell, but not the kernel. They shall hear the parable, but not understand the spiritual sense and meaning of it. When willful blindness of the mind is added to natural blindness, it is a just and righteous thing with God to be superadded judicial blindness and give them obstinacy of heart, his curse unto them. Verses 16 and 17. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you, that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which ye see, and have not seen them, and to hear those things which ye hear, and have not heard them. Burkett notes, Here our Savior pronounces such of his disciples and followers blessed, as received the truths of the gospel so far as they were already taught them. He assures them that they shall receive farther light and fuller measure of spiritual illumination. Blessed are your eyes, for they see. Learn that such as have received the least measure of spiritual knowledge and saving illumination and do improve it are in a happy and blessed condition. For as they are capable of further measure of divine knowledge, so shall they be partakers of them. Verses 18 through 23. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understand it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. But he that received the seed into stony places, the same is he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receive it. Yet hath he not root in himself, but dureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arriveth because of the word, by and by he is offended. He also that receives seed among the thorn, is he that heareth the word, and the care of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. But he that has received seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understand it, which also beareth fruit, and bringeth forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Burkett notes, As if our Lord had said, You, my disciples, who are not satisfied with the sound of words, I will explain to you the sense and signification of this parable, the scope of which is to show the different effects which the word of God has upon men's hearts and the reason for that difference. The seed is the word, the sower, the preacher. The soil is the heart and soul of man. Now our Savior assures us that the hearts of some hearers are like the highway ground, in which the seed is not covered with the harrow of meditation. Others are like stony ground, in which the word has no root, no root in their understandings, memories, conscience, will, or affections. But they are offended either at the depth and profoundness of the word, or at the sanctity and strictness of it, or at the plainness and simplicity of it. Again, some hearers our Lord compares to thorny ground. Thorns are covetous desire, which choke the good seed, shadow the blade when sprung up, keep off the influences of the sun, and draw away the fatness of the soil from the seed. 
All these effects have thorns in and among the seed, and the like effect have worldly affections and covetous desires in the heart of man, rendering the word unfruitful and unprofitable. But the good Christian hears the word attentively, keeps it retentively, believes it steadfastly, applies it particularly, practices it universally, and brings forth fruit with patience and perseverance, fruit that will redound to his account in the great day of account. Learn one. No hearers are in Christ's account good hearers of the word, but such as bring forth the fruit of a holy, humble, and peaceable conversation. Two, that a person may be a good hearer of the word if he bring forth the best fruit he can, though it be not in so great proportion as others do, as some ground brings forth thirty, some sixty, and some a hundredfold. In like manner do all the sincere hearers of the word, they all bring forth fruit, though not all alike, all in sincerity and reality, though not all to the same degree, and none to perfection. Observe lastly, Satan is here compared to the fowls of the air, which pick up the seed before it take any root in the earth. The devil is very jealous of the success of the word, and labors all he can to destroy the word before it comes to operate upon the heart, which he doth sometimes by the cares of the world, sometimes by vain companions, who prove mere quench coals unto early conviction. If he can steal away the word or choke it, he has his desire and design.